What up, world? Back again. It is the Country Rap Report. It's your boy, Big XL. It's your dude, Spank. What up? Hey, man. I've noticed every episode, like, these two <laughs> parts of my neck look, like, greasy or something. Have you ever noticed that? I've never noticed it, but now I'm starting to start looking for it, because you go... I don't know why, wait, but it's just like, a, it, it almost looks like someone put me in a chokehold with chicken grease on their hand. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Yeah, that's kind of random, fam. Hey, man, I say a lot of random things. So, man, look, tonight... It's a very, very special night. But as we wait on our guests, let's chop it up. Why not? Let's chop it up, man. We're we talking about the subject? We're talking about our guests? Um, we can talk. No, I don't want to talk about the guests. Let's talk <laughs> about the country rap money grab. Oh, shit. Let's, let's talk about that. That was a that was for those though for those people that don't know that was a, a YouTube post from Upchurch. Go look at the video. The video's still up. Uh, he went over a lot of good stuff in the video, um, and a lot of it was from his perspective. And I'm not saying his perspective is wrong, but it was different. Uh, now I'm, I know I have some varying opinions from what he said, and I'm I, I'm I guess you may have too. Um, it, it was a lot in there. It was a lot of substance. It was a lot of substance in a short video. I've seen him do longer videos about less. Right. Now, you know the most interesting thing about... Well, okay, first and foremost, it was definitely his opinion, his perspective. And I feel like a lot of people in the genre of country rap, especially those people who are, let's say... I don't want to call them gatekeepers. Um, some of the original foundation of country rap. I'm sure a lot of those people share the sentiments of church and feel like that country rap has gotten to a stage where people who might be subpar hip-hop artists are putting on a big belt buckle, cowboy hat, some boots, and calling themselves a country rapper. I cannot disagree with any of that, but that has been the a, a reoccurring problem with country rap uh, since day one, though. This is this and and this is probably my biggest issue with church. Everything he's talked about in the video is not new. This is some shit that happened before you came into the genre, and it's going to happen well after you are done with the genre, like when you're old and gray. Like this, this isn't going to change until the perception of the genre is elevated. And as long as we are looked at as the minor leagues or the B team, then those people that want to experiment or may have been a little washed up and, uh, and, and a little older and out of that certain quote-unquote demographic for t- core hip-hop, they kind of slide over here to country rap or they weren't good enough in core hip-hop. So they're like, yeah, I'm going to try over here and you know, country rap because that space is a little smaller. There's less competition. Like all of the shit church hinted at, but it's not, like you said, it's not the sentiment of just him. Pretty much everybody that we've interviewed has said the same shit, that there are people over here that do that, that are part of that money grab. My point is, I don't think anything's wrong with the money grab. I'm, I'm okay with it. You know what? I'm starting to feel. I'm some, and, I, and I sometimes feel this way about gospel, hip-hop. Um, I just think that we sh- it's just hip-hop. It is just hip hop, but it's still subjugated now. And um, so I basically feel like if you feel like that you were a subpar hip hop artist, I don't think that makes you not a hip hop artist. I think that means you should just find the people that like what you do and push it to them. Well, well, okay, let's play devil's advocate using what you just said. If I know that I'm not the greatest, uh, and I don't have the resources to be competing with the other greats, then why would I jump in the pool and try to compete with those folks when I know that there's a whole little sub-market over here that I can go over here, use my little money, put a little spotlight on me, 
and I will get more eyeballs on me. Just spotlight. Spotlight. I would get a whole, little bit more eyeballs on me than I would if I was over here. Because in core hip hop, there are hundreds of thousands of artists. Hundreds of thousands. Do you think there's hundreds of thousands of artists in country rap? No, there's probably thousands. You think it's, you think it's a thousand? Thousands. I would say a couple thousand. We we probably covered at least a couple hundred uh, since we started doing a podcast or right. came a, came across them in our in our in our feeds. Like we know that they're out there. It's just the fact of why 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 try to be if if I know that my architectural skills are not the greatest, but I can go and take my architectural skills to this small town and be the shit. Versus me taking my skills to Atlanta and having to compete with all these other people, I'm gonna take my ass to that small town because I know that the focus is gonna be on me. So, so you're you're rather be the big fish in a little pond. I would definitely like to like that, and I'm and I think that is probably the sentiment of most of the people that are in country rap. It's just that when other people come with other elements from other, specifically from core hip hop. One, they get offended. They like this ain't this ain't country rap, but it is country rap. You know, there's there, there's varying versions of country rap. There are actually people that are country that rap. That's one, and then there are actual people that live that country lifestyle, trailer parks, mudding, and all that other shit. That's two. Like, and then there are other sets in there where you got your gospel country rappers, and you got your folk slash rock slash country rappers. There's so many different types of country rappers, and I'm. And again, I'm not getting on church for what he said. I'm saying that he's saying it from a perspective of the artist, not a artist, but the artist in the genre. His opinion is very valid, but his opinion is coming from an artist perspective, not from an industry perspective. Industry perspective, there's space for everybody over here. And, and one of the people that he was clowning in the video was Jamie Ray. He's, he's got the song Magic City Cowboy. And I was wondering, and I'm, I'm glad you've done the research on that because I was like, damn, I've heard this song. What yes. song is he playing? That was Jamie Ray. Yes, that was a, that was, and then he clowned it. He's like, "This is not country rap," but it is country rap, church. It's just not the traditional country rap. It's just his version of country rap, and it's a more modern version of country rap because it is more hip hop than country. Your music, and I'm this is me delving into Church's uh, career. His music is more country than hip hop. He's got hella lyrics. Now, lyrics has always been super and stellar but he has always infused country in his stuff this new modern country rap is more hip-hop first than country they might have a smidgen of country elements like a little banjo playing maybe a fiddle or whatever and it'd be a sample it ain't even, uh, somebody really playing it but that is the new modernized version of it it isn't any less country than you are it's just a different version or different type of it going towards a different demographic I don't think any of them are wrong. Both of them are it's still valid contributions to the genre. We just got to figure out what that lane is and who it's going to go towards. Both of those listeners still like both of y'all. They can like both of they can like Magic City Cowboy. They can like uh uh Cheatham County. They can they can like everything that church has done. They can like uh look at them dudes. Like this is all country rap like there isn't anything different from what it is it is out there i don't, I think his issue his biggest issue is the authenticity of it uh like some of it might be label or industry generated now that shit is 100 facts but now, i'm not again i'm not mad at that <laughs> I'm now, not mad but at it. i feel like i don't know if i feel like he probably feels sell artists like jamie ray sell right. artists like blake fades i feel like he he probably feels that those artists are industry generated. And they I, are. They and, are. And I think Church, who's been a person who, at this point in his career, have stayed away from labels. He feels like now the labels see what's going on and they're about to infiltrate. They are. That that is the that is, but that is not a negative for the genre. That might be negative for every artist that's in the genre, uh, because they are about to be overwhelmed by industry dollars that they cannot compete with like very few can compete with maybe church adam a couple more at the top they probably can but when when and if they push the needle on blake fades when they do it on jamie ray you will know the industry tactics you you we see them all we've seen them 
our entire career in hip hop. Like you, you will see where the blogs start getting on people. Um, you will see a, a good PR push or you will see a good radio push. Like you will see certain taxes start to happen, but that is awesome for the genre because, and it's, and I think they're doing it because if you motherfuckers that are in the genre, ain't trying to out, step outside of the genre and work with the labels, the labels are curating shit so they can put inside of the genre. You force their hand. Like if you are not going to play nice with them, then they're like, okay, uh, if I can't play with you, then I'll just add me up. I'll make a player and put it in front of you. I'm not mad at that, Vic. No, no, I, I'm not. I'm I'm not mad at it because you know I'm on I'm I'm a equal opportunist. I feel like everyone with talent deserves an opportunity to change his family's life and pursue his dream. Agreed. Whether it's independent, whether it's major label, if you feel like you have talent, if you feel like you have enough skill set to surround yourself with people to market your music to people who's going to appreciate it, I don't feel like anyone has a right to call you unauthentic. Right. But I understand church being the catalyst of the genre right now. I can understand what he's saying. And I'm not saying, I don't think church is saying, you know, F y'all. Or we don't want y'all. I just think that church is still like we are looking for that perfect definition of country rap. Because church, to me, is kind of a blurred line between country rap and southern rappers. Because some of the people that church would would put in his dialogue would be Boosie. He loves Boosie. Yes. He loves Kevin Gates. Yes. the average country rap artists are not going to call those two guys country rap. Absolutely not. But they are rappers from the country. Yes. And that's a, again, that's that secular definition of what country rap is. But there's not, country. okay. Country rap is defined by the audience. And it, it is not just because you're in the South. Uh, that is not what it is. Like, and, and we can call, I'm not even going to call a spade a spade at this point. We're talking about just what the country rap money grab is. And, and we might need to define what a money grab is because a lot, it might be some people out there that don't know what that means. Well, a money grab is basically seeing an opportunity, as my dad says, shooting the gap. I see yeah, an, an opportunity. opportunity. I, see, yes. I, I see an opportunity to make some money and it might not be in an area that I'm good or have an expertise at, but I'm going to go over here while around until something happens or in a, in the in the industry i'm gonna throw it against i'm gonna throw it up against the wall until something sticks that's that that's very accurate it's an op, you're an opportunist now i don't i don't think they should be faulted for being an opportunist especially when major labels are the funding agents behind these people because this adds more spotlight on everybody else that is here like when young thug shouting out jamie ray and putting him on his Instagram and, you know, bringing all his eyeballs on him makes us look good. It, it, it makes us like, okay, what is country rap? There's some folks out there like country rap's a thing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's real. Like, and then when they, then when they hear some of the stuff, let, let somebody hear Broadnax for the first time. You will not be let down by the, the shit that comes out of his mouth. When you say, this is the definition of what country rap is or play country play cornfield on fire for somebody that doesn't know what country rap is and let them listen to that master masterpiece of a, of a project. That is a perfect example of what country rap is. It got the rhymes. It got the country elements. You got Demon Jones, who is, who is a staple of country rap. Like this is, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think this is a negative. And I see where I understand church's plight, but I don't see it as a bad thing. I don't, I don't think he was calling it a negative. I think he was just trying to, put some separation between what's real and what's fake it's all real though but But it's it's all real but it's all fake (laughs) but you know what's funny it's it's no different than what goes on in hip-hop where like in our era you might have someone like KRS or Nas who's saying soldier boy is not real hip-hop oh my god that would be trash that's a lot that's a lie but that that has been a that has been an argument within itself. Soldier Boy and Nas. I don't know if you remember back when Soldier Boy dissed Nas. Why would Soldier Boy diss Nas? Because Nas said it wasn't real hip hop. Or when I see went after Soldier Boy, one point in time when oh Soldier Boy was running the game, a lot of core hip hop artists were 
basically being negative. It's you. It's usually New York niggas that talking that shit because they they get mad when when it, when anybody outside of New York is do, getting any type of spotlight. They like, man, what this ain't real hip hop. It's not real hip hop according to what you grew up to. If that doesn't, you can't just. This is the same argument that I have with people that discredit Booty Shake. Like boot everything that Luke Skywalker contributed to the to the landscape of music, that's hip hop. Who? Luke Skywalker, Uncle Luke. Okay, I finished. And everything, everything that he he did for us, that is all hip hop. You can't say that that ain't hip hop. That ain't a good, a valid contribution to the genre, just because it wasn't quote unquote the standard of hip hop. And, then, and most of those are new up north folks that be having the same argument, or people that's out west because it ain't that flavor. They're varying types. There's there's Midwest hip hop. That chopped and screwed shit. I don't get down with it. But it's still that 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 level of hip hop for that part of the country. The shit in Memphis that had a whole movement. Louisiana had their own movement. Georgia had theirs, and we just happened to come in and put our foot on everybody else. And was like, okay, you know. And our shit actually started with Shadi and some other was early, and it was all booty shaking bass. And you know what's funny when you mentioned Shadi because hip hop was. New York was the birthplace of hip hop. For years, Shadi lied and told everybody Africa Bambada was his net uncle or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Because it gave him validation. It made it seem like that, you know, because he was from New York, so it gave him validation. And no one was going to fact check that. It wasn't no internet. That's true. But it's, but it's sad that he had to lie just so he can get that stamp. And But those stamps are still, are still current in hip hop today. We got to get Cosigns now, but with features and shit from other folks. So, will country rap go through the same thing? As, country rap is going through it now. We're going no, through well, it right I'm now. Saying, I'm saying, like, in the early years of hip-hop, when you had East Coast artists basically saying, matter of fact, Mace just came out a few weeks ago and said that 90s East Coast hip-hop was better than 90s Dirty South hip-hop because the Dirty South artists weren't saying anything. So, Will 90s. you have that same division in country rap? I think you will because now that we are starting to, well, I, you probably will. When you, no, I, can, I, I can't say that. You probably won't because you have somebody that is very high and standard leading the way in that church. If it was anybody else that was the lead, hell, if it, it, and I'll use Adam Calhoun as if if Adam was the lead, then then we would probably have issues because Adam. Even though he's considered country rap by the genre, Adam doesn't do traditional country rap music. So his flavor, we got division, like I said, we got divisions already in the genre, but his flavor of country rap is vastly different from what church does. Church has, again, that has that heavy influence of country. Adam has a very heavy influence of 2090s hip hop. Yes. Um, Vastly different. Like if you listen to the type of music that this person has influences in and the musical elements that are added to his music, the, the they're not the same foundation, but they probably had people that they listened to that was on the charts at the same time in country and in hip hop that helped mold their careers and, and it helped build them to who they are today. I think if you look forward five years from now, Church will be one of those people that people will be using as influence. Adam will be one of those people. Um, Savannah will be one of those people. I'm thinking of all the other people that are influential in, uh, in the industry. Struggle will be one of those people. Definitely Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll's already that now based on longevity. But the more he does a little bit of both, and he's, he's, he's one of those folks that's going to write the script and pay the way for the next generation. We, there is no perfect country rap. There's no real definition to it because... It is defined by the listener. Like, yeah, you can have country elements, but we're all in the South. If it's in the, anywhere below, what, Virginia on down? This shit's South. It's Southern. you country. Yeah, but a lot of country rap artists aren't from the South. Like, you might have the Lacks. I think the Lacks reside in the West Coast. I, if I it's not the Lacks, it's the Moonshine Bandits. I'm sorry, the Moonshine Bandits. I, I don't... I can't, I can't give it to whether... I can't, again, it's not about the res- residential uh, area code. It's about the feel and the vibe and the music. I can I understand Church's argument. And even the other people that he played in there, he played T.I. I think he might have talked about 3-6 and some other people when he was going through his rant. 
like all of those are Southern folks. All of those are country rappers, if by definition, quote unquote, but they ain't, they ain't on no country rap chart. Cause ain't one, one doesn't exist, but they would never be on a country rap chart if it did exist because they aren't country rap. They are rap. Core rap fans embrace them. Core rap fans don't believe in country rap. It is hard for you to even like, give somebody say hey have you heard um you heard that new adam calhoun and they're gonna be like who's that that's the dude that's running for president that's the dude that had the, all the trump trump signs in his yard like yeah that dude you heard his new rec- new record no i don't listen to that like but but why not you know because it, it the, the condensation that you get from that is that country rap isn't valid we have no valid contributions okay you now know? we're not up to a certain level all right now with that being said um, that was just a warm-up because we got a guest. We got a very, very special guest that I'm fin to let in right now. Okay. And you know, the first thing I want to ask him, I'm gonna ask him, do he feel like there's a country rap money grab? Running. Okay. All right, ladies and my boys and girls. All right, we have a very, very special guest, CEO of Mako Music, legendary. MC, and if we can get him to flip that guy over the other way, um, but I definitely, definitely, Mr. Bravo Gator is in the building. Bravo Gator, can I get you to? Bam! There it is. There it is. All right. So, like all right. First Bravo. and foremost, yo. All right. First and foremost, you see me? We see yeah. you. Okay. First and foremost. Uh, I want to say welcome to the show. And before you came on, we was talking about earlier, well, last week, um, Church made a video called the Country Rap Money Grab. Okay. And I wanted to start this interview off by asking you, do you feel like there is such thing as a country rap money grab? Yeah. I mean, something that's the country rap or something that's working. So a lot of people, if I mean, if it's working, they try to force themselves into a genre. You know, that's all it is. It's just they see it, but it's not going to. The thing about it is people that do that will have one single that works, get a little bit of attention, but there'll never be any longevity in it, though. So it's not really a money grab. It's a moment grab. Okay. I kind of felt like it's a we're going to throw enough up against the wall to something sticks. Correct. And the thing about it is it'll stick, but it'll fall right back down. Yeah. It's not a dart, it's a noodle. But is that a bad thing for the genre though? Um, I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. I think it's a disrespectful thing. Okay. Right to the genre, to the people. But I don't think it's good or bad. Because even if it if it blows up, um, people will view it as like, oh my God, this is what they're doing. It's like a parody. So they're gonna view everybody as a parody. That's bad, but even if it brings eyes on the genre, they'll find the genuine music out of it, too. Right. And, right. and if it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. Okay. All right, now, let me re- I'm going to rewind it, because I just wanted to end that conversation that we were having before we brought you on. All right, ladies and boys and girls, everybody who has ever watched the Country Rat Report, we have a prestigious guy in the building, a guy who I've repeatedly said is top five Top five. Top five rapping CEO in hip-hop history. I just know you. <laughs> I think you talking about Spank. No. Top five. <laughs> and when I say top five rapping CEOs, I'm talking about people who are spinning bars but making deals that are really worthwhile, not just signing their cousin. Right. They partner. Right. Now, I said that you're top five. Me. Well, I said you. that. I put you... Well, I, I put 50 Cent up there. I put M up there. I said Dre, even though he's never wrote a lyric. And then it started to get blurry because I couldn't put Ice Cube in there because Ice Cube never had an artist to sell like him. I couldn't put Ludacris in there because Ludacris has never, they've had artists, but they haven't made the dent in the game that I feel like you have in a short amount of time. So you are in my top five rapping CEOs in hip-hop history. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm over now. I'm racking my brain on who all was the CEO of the rap. That rap good. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
and sign quality talent. And like, yeah, like you can say baby cash money, but baby baby didn't trash really rap good. Baby trash rap. I'll say this though. I'll say this. Even the, I don't know the true story, but I'm guessing a lot of people that are like CEOs or that are running companies. Do they act? Are they actually the ones that are going out there signing the talent? Like I don't see. If you say Dre to Dre, I mean Dre found him, didn't he? That was him. Yeah. I think. Well, I put Dre in there. I gave it to Dre. Yeah, Dre for sure. I gave but it to Dre. But Dre, but even 50 and Eminem, and I, I think I'm like top 70. So I'm not even taking the top five thing. I appreciate it. But even Dre would be the top dog because Dre was a CEO. Dre was uh, Aftermath. And then Shady was under Aftermath. And then G-Unit was under Shady. I put those so, three in there. Yeah. Dre's got to win it for sure. But I can't put Ludacris in there because – who did Ludacris make a star? Well, T.I. had Grand Hustle, right? Who did T.I. make a star? You know what? We put, we put T.I. in there. We put T.I. in there because we said Dro. We said B.O.B. We said B.O.B., yeah. When B.O.B. Yeah. was the one that sold it for T.I. But that was four. Yeah. That was four. That's it? That was four. Iggy. Iggy. So that was T.I. And number five uh-huh. would be Bravo Gator. Bravo Gator would be number five. In my opinion. Trick Daddy had Trina. No, come on now that ain't even <laughs> good try <laughs> all right ladies hey, baby up. baby had cash money yeah but baby what baby can't outwrap you and you know that yeah but we did put i think we put wayne in it right just yeah, because wayne, of wayne. uh wayne. yeah we, for drake and nikki yeah and the fact that he's had some credible people over there he had gilly he's had um cory guns Kevin um, Rudolph, which yeah, was a, a rapper they didn't know what to do with, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for everybody who don't know by now, um, we have Mr. Bravo Gator, CEO of Mako Music Group in the building. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, so look, man, let's 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 get right into it. The first thing I want to ask that I got to ask, because I want to know the origin of Mako music. But I want to know what is the deal with the shark? As far as what? Like the what logo? Is, because I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but when I think Mako, I was thinking about those hundred dollar paint jobs on cars. You better get Mako. Better call Mako. <laughs> yeah. thinking of the jingle. But we I were, didn't I never knew what Mako meant. It's uh, we've tried to come up with different meanings for the the true, the honest answer on how the name came about, bro is we were sitting there talking and we're going, well, it's not the name, it's what you make the name, right? That whole argument. And we're sitting there looking around, looking around, and there was a boat, and it happened to be a Mako boat. That was the brand of the boat. We're going to fucking Mako. That's literally how it came about. And then over the course of time, we're like, what does Mako stand for? Mako artists keep ownership. or Mako, I mean, there's a lot of different things, but that's literally where it came about was on the soft side of the fucking boat. Just to prove that it's not the name, it's the work you put behind the name that makes a difference, I guess. And that's where the shark came from, the boat, the shark? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Spike, you want to jump in? Because I'm going to... I got to come up with a better story than that one. That was like really not uh, intriguing at all, but that's the truth. Hey, some of the some of the best stories are ones that only make sense to the person that created it. I want to yeah. know how in the hell did you get the legendary Blind Fury? How bro, a blessing. And the music that dude's doing is fucking ape shit, dude. Like it's literally, it's not rap at all. Really? No. At all. At all. Um, it's literally a country album and dudes uh, think Elton John, but country. Elton or I can say Stevie Wonder, but think like dude is probably the most talented, like actual music musician I've ever met in my life. Like, you can really sing. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, you've been in a room with somebody that's like a true talent. Right. Like, they didn't like practice it. They're just like truly talented. That's what that dude is. So it's like watching him. Everybody's sitting there amazed at what that dude does. But it's a country album. Oh, wow. It's literally a country album. But I heard him do a cover. Um, Spank, you've been around. You know how my mind works. I see something, uh, whatever. Right. But I saw, I saw a video of him doing a cover playing a piano. And I was like, that's it. That's got to be, that's it. And then reached out to him. He came down there and we signed him immediately. And then started working. I think we're two songs away now from being done with uh, the album 
already got video shot and everything. This is going to be all country. Are we going to do a dibble and dabble of country and hip hop or what's the, what's um, the I'm sure he'll do a little rap here and there, but I, I doubt it'll be much rap at all. Oh, like he's God. really good. I wish I could play stuff on my phone, but he's, he's really good. Like really good. Um, when you hear it, you're going to go, there's no way that's that dude. There's absolutely no chance that's him. And he can full blown play the piano. I didn't like, know that. I didn't know. Fully he, play the piano. he studies like music theory. So he knows notes, what they're supposed to be, what harmonies go with what harmonies. I mean, it's literally crazy. Like, if you're in a studio, it's like, it's, bro, it's, it's, it's the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Is this his version of like rebranding his career? Or he just going to re- reset and go a different direction and just, is it a different I persona? Think, I, don't, I don't think he was really planning on going this direction. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think. I know he was doing it here and there, and even on like his lives for the piano. But when I saw it, that's immediately what my mind went to was this is a lane. It'll be it'll be bigger than his rap stuff. Like it's 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 different, man. I wish this chair would stop fucking doing all this. You know there's gonna be a whole lot of eyeballs on you after you put out anything on uh Blind Fury. Like it's the eyeballs that were on you before, it's gonna be magnified times ten because Everybody wants to see what's going to happen or what's going to come from that. And if you're trying to tell me that he's going to sing, holy shit, like they're going to be like, what's going on? What's going What is? What are they doing down there in Florida? Bro, it's, it's really good. Wow. Like really, really good. Like good morning, America. Good. Oh, shit. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different. It's a whole different animal. All right. So look, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. I want to reel it back, and I want to talk about the birth of Mako Music, why you started Mako Music, and I want you to bring us up to Blind Fury, up to Bees Believe, up to Jay Roosevelt, up to all these moves you've been making. But there are people who, who are seeing these moves but don't even know where this thing started from, and I want all that to come out tonight. Um, I did music for a lot of years by myself, like independently. Right. So I found every single way for it not to work for an artist. What do you mean? Like, I mean, like I got what, 12, 14 albums. I don't know how many albums I have now that I put out, you know, over the course of my career, 15, 20 years worth of work. Right. You know how many of those albums I own? How many? None. None. None of them. Where are they at? Huh? Where are they at? sold because I'll, I'll get to that well i'll get to it now in my head I, I was going through a company um i don't want to blast them because i'm about to blast them differently but <laughs> in my head it was how do i explain it I, I didn't think i didn't understand what streaming was i knew i knew the old school record sale life so when these albums started streaming and we're sending it to a distributor from the stream of the albums I'm like, well, I was told you get paid annually. And that, that's what their deal was, is you get paid annually. So I'm a starving artist, bro. Like, that's why I respect this business so much, because I've been in the trenches with it. Like, evicted, 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 evicted. I mean, like, broke, broke. Um, but basically, I'd, I'd get, I'd have all my albums over there. I'd call and go, hey, where's the payment at? Oh, we don't have a payment for you, man. Um, we're still getting accounting ready. But, but, but when you're getting a, literally evicted again, they're going, hey, man, I'll tell you what. I'll give you $20,000 right now. You give me 25% of your master's. But, but you could have gave me $2,300 at that time, <laughs> and I would have gave you 99 I mean, it, it was that bad. You had to have it. So, okay, here, here's, you know, here's 25% of my master's. At least I'm okay. But then guess what happens the following year? Eviction. Same thing. Now it's 40000 for 50%. And over the course of time, I sold all my masters. But what I didn't understand was all they were doing is that even if my albums were making two grand a month, they were just, they were buying my masters with my own money. Right. I didn't know that. That's not okay. That's not, it's not cool. So that literally put, uh, bro, it took a wind out of me. Everything you ever worked for in your life is literally taken away by a scumbag ass motherfucker. That's some scumbag shit. I literally left music in 2015 and I was like, I don't know. I mean, but your pride stripped from you. Like, what are you going to do? 
You did all this work for this many years and you have nothing to show for it. And you're still broke. That was going to be my question. Was there ever times that you wanted to say, fuck it, I'm out? Yeah, 2015, I was out. Not because I didn't like the music. One, because I didn't have the finances to continue doing music. Right? Two, I felt like everything I had was stripped from me. I had nothing left. What am I going to do, record another album and start over? You know? But more than anything, I knew I wasn't done. I knew I had to get smarter. I knew I was immature when it came to doing music. I knew I wasn't disciplined when I came to doing music. And I knew I understood the street way of doing music. But I did not have the discipline to run a corporation or run a company. I didn't. I was too ADD this way, too whatever that way. I was not disciplined. I was not mature enough to be able to run a business. So what I did is I literally went and got a job. I had to learn structure in business. I had to humble myself to the point where it's like, I always thought the opportunity would come knock on my door one day. And here's a record deal I've been working for forever. Why? Because everybody you ask who does music is always, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. So I'm thinking, I'm, well, I haven't gave up. So that should be the reward that I'm chasing. But, but, but the door, nobody ever came. To the point I had nothing, I literally said, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I got a five-year plan this time. I'm gonna go get a job. I'm gonna figure out business, true business, right? And I'll come back in 2020. And that's what I did. I mean, all the way from working corporate jobs to Bubba hauling trees. All right, what job gave you the most structure? Um, I'd say the corporate job. I was working for a roofing company, but I was working more the back end of it. So I wasn't doing roofing. It was more the back end of it, dealing with sales guys and stuff like that. Um, that taught me structure, I, I say the most, because corporate, everything's under a magnifying glass, right? And then when you're dealing with sales guys, you're dealing with a lot of bullshit. Sales guys lie. So to be able to contain everybody, make sure everybody's where they need to be at at certain times, understand it just all that taught me the most. The tree stuff humbled me, you know, because I remember picking up big ass logs of wood going, motherfucker, one more year. And that was just stacking, stacking the bread on top of the bread that I had saved. I'm like, one more year. Here we go. Here we go. In 2020, I was like, that's going to be it. And I literally, that's probably the happiest I've been for myself because I actually had a five-year goal and did it. So I came back in 2020. And I'm going, now what do I do? I'm back. Nobody really cares. And, you know, because you can say, hey, I'm back. And all of a sudden, you get 427 likes on Facebook. And you're like, but, but the next thing you post is going to get 81. Here's the fucking battle again. So I'm going, what, well, what can I do different this time to make it different? I quickly understood I don't want to be the one doing it. I want to, I'm better developing the artist, right? So I always make this analogy. If, you have, if you're in a dark room, there's a candle. And if you light the candle, the candle lights the whole room, right? But the candle base itself doesn't light. It doesn't, it doesn't light itself. I'm like a candle. I can shine light on everybody else. But, but I don't know what it takes to shine light on myself. Obviously, it never fucking works. That's the truth. Not saying I did bad music or I couldn't rap. I didn't have the team that I needed to make me successful. So in turn, let me build the team that other, people's need, that other people need to make them successful. That was the goal, right? I didn't know what artist was going to be first, who was going to be second, what was going to happen. I knew I had to put a couple albums out to be able to use my core fan base as a foundation to spread this thing, right? Just, you know, a start. Um, I got lucky. Sav was there. Met Sav, put her straight in the studio, and here we go. Sav shit, bam. Because it's the old school hip hop marketing. Right. I'll talk about it. It's old school shit. All the plays that we ran in 2005 ain't been ran here. True. You know, but it's just knowing what it is. And people get caught up in it's the entertainment business, it's entertainment and business. Mm hmm. Even marketing, you've got to keep the people intrigued, keep them going. Luckily, Savannah had talent, could sing, had something that we hadn't seen before, and it shot off. Immediately when that shot off, it wasn't we – were, we weren't popping champagne. We were going to get FJ. FJ, let's go. Load it up. Load it up. Because that's when you build a label. If you do it one time, it's lucky. You do it twice, you're a genius. Get FJ running. FJ, get it. Go, go, go. Get the studio. Get all this – build a team around it, right? So Mako's not me. Mako's the team of people that make Mako Mako. I might be the face of it because whatever, but there's a team of people that's, that's doing everything. 
it's like you've seen it. It's not just one person. It's right. people believing in the same thing and getting it done. Um, then the FJ thing happened. Then it was which target. Let's go sign target. Let's get target on board. Best believe blind fury. And then now we just signed the trap house Cody kid. It's and then Jay Roosevelt. I know I'm going to end up leaving somebody out, but that's just the fucking <laughs> just how it goes in our interviews. But it was always about expanding. It's about expanding. It's about working the right deals and getting them done and giving the artist what I never had. I think that's the most important thing to me. It's not the money. The money doesn't do shit to me. We do deals that don't have recoups in them. What? Somebody show me another, somebody show me another record deal that doesn't have a recoup in it. Yeah, he's got somebody a very... Vic Vic was like, "What? I I didn't. I've never talked about your business dealings on that side, but he's got a very unique um, business model. No one's doing it in the industry. No recoup, bro. It's it's bigger than that. It's bigger than the no recoup. No, I'm explaining right now a Mako deal because I I want people to know because hopefully other labels because I'll get people that ask and they're like, "Man, don't you see like Dirt Rock's trying to do what Mako's doing and Holler Boy's trying to do what Mako's doing, blah blah." Good. I hope everybody fucking wins. I don't get yeah. upset that people are trying to make it happen. I hope everybody fucking wins. It gets all the way to the top. I don't right. think they're mimicking or gimmicking. I just think it's motivational the same way it would be for me. Let's all fucking get these teams running. Let's build teams, build teams. So I get happy when I hear that shit. It's not a competition within ourselves. I hope everybody fucking wins. But the Mako deal structure is a little bit different. I don't believe, I don't do recoups. I don't recoup the money. So, a nor- <laughs> is that a timeout or a technical foul? <laughs> no, it's a time- it definitely is not a technical foul. First and foremost, and there are artists who are looking at this who are not even knowledgeable, who don't even know what the word recoup means. But basically, you're saying that you're doing deals with artists, and if you send them on promo tour, if you got posters and t-shirts and all this shit done for them you 20,000 in before they make one penny and you're not going to get that 20 grand back no because it eliminates the bullshit right I try to make Mako if I was an artist <laughs> what deal would I want like, what would have been the perfect deal for me and I realized it boiled down to simple math people sign people because they want to gain from them not because they believe in them mm-hmm so if I'm signing people because I truly believe in them, that means we got a journey on our hands, right? Right. One, don't start a company unless you got the money right to run the company. You know, when you're doing, if I'm doing a deal, so say with a, with a normal label deal, you're going, this percentage goes, or say 10% goes to the artist, just for easy numbers. 10% goes to the artist, right? right. And it's never percentages in record deals. It's always points. Right. And points are, are a percentage of a percentage. Of a point, of a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's, it's more fuckery than anything. Absolutely. I think me and you had 50 conversations about this, thing. Yes. But it's a, it's a fuckery. So one, a Mako deal is a percentage, not a point deal, right? Um, the biggest deals that are floating around, not knocking anybody. It's just I'm saying that the most um, used record deal, I'd say, independently is a 50-50 net. Right? I just wanted to be a little bit different, not knocking people to do 50 50 net. Everybody's got their own business. I looked at it as if you get artist A and you launch them, say I put 30, 40, 50,000 dollars behind that artist. Say it's like a Savannah, right? Savannah in month three of putting music out was getting paid, life changing money out the gate. If it would have been a traditional deal, if she would have made fifty thousand dollars in those three months, and I put fifty in her, she would have still owed me. What's the math, man? Because it's a ten percent deal. She made fifty grand. She would have paid five thousand dollars of that money back, right? Because the ten percent goes out of her money, mm-hmm. not out of all the money that's made. That's the biggest misconception: is people think, hey, if it makes fifty grand and we're flush, <laughs> the fuck you are. <laughs> You're not. Unless it's a different deal and a structure different, but a major label, that's how it works. Your recoup comes out of your percentage. But a Mako deal, if I got 50 in you, we're splitting money off a dollar one. Why? Because I believe in what you're doing. I'm not recouping my money in the normal sense of recouping the money. 
we're going to do say a three-year deal. And I guarantee you, if I do everything that I'm promising you that I'll do, if I back up my shit, then the three years, we're both going to be in the ground. But I don't want to ever see the face of an artist or see the hurt from an artist where their music's just fucking booming. Say Savannah, booming, booming. And they get no money. How do you expect an artist to give you more, like to give you their all when at the height of their career, when they're launching off and feeling the best about themselves as an artist, they're broke. That doesn't go together. Pay the artist out the gate. Did you create this business regimen from some of the things you experienced as an artist? Yeah. It's everything I wouldn't want done to me. It's everything that I wanted. I remember seeing that. I remember having to pay back $10,000. That sucked. You know, I don't do advances. I don't do that shit. You will get paid. And then you can fast forward. I'm putting her business out there. But I mean, FJ's the same thing. But Savannah drives a fucking 2021 AMG. When I first met her, she was being evicted out of a house. Good for her. FJ's got a, FJ's got a fucking S550, bro. You know, FJ will wreck that S550 into anything he can wreck it into because he's <laughs> mentally not there. But, you know, it's, it's, he's got his own place. Everybody, the greatest feeling for me, bro, is not the money. It's literally being able to look at people and go, hey, I can change your life and then actually doing it. Because I bought so many fucking broken promises when I was an artist that it was the most hurtful shit. And with music, y'all been in it. With music, it's not that somebody just lies to you and lets you down. It's they don't do that. They first lie to you and take you to your highest point of hope and then drop you the fuck down. Right. That hurts the worst. So I've, I've, been, I've failed so many fucking times. It's unreal. I don't want to see them go through it. Man, you have you. Go ahead, Spike. Have you started seeing like the the way that you're treating the artists as I started rubbing off on them and they treating other artists different too? Like because you're you're this this whole sentiment and different type of mentality, it's not normal for the industry for sure. So I mean, as your your people as you rub off on them and they rub off on others, I think that will help to change the culture for sure. Not just no, it culture, does. Culture and Bubba, you've been down here. It's like. I got to pretend I don't know you, or, <laughs> right. but you've seen it. It's, it's a team environment. So if you look at Savannah, Savannah was successful. What was FJ's first single? Who did it have on it? We were out there building the fucking set. It was FJ and Savannah. Right. Right. And then Target comes on. Target does a song with FJ and Savannah. But right. now when you see, you're going to see the same thing. These artists, like even when Fury's in the studio, but, but everybody's there. The artists are all there supporting the artists. They want to, everybody needs to win. It's not that fucked off ass label mentality that we're all used to. It's actually good. Everything's in house. Everybody's happy. But the main thing is just, I don't want to, I don't want them to ever feel the shit that I felt. The sense of failure and fuckery that I felt, bro. I never want them to ever feel that shit. I think your business regimen is more family regimen than business regimen because you're really creating something that's unique in this industry that's bigger than country rap because if more people no matter what type of music they're making if more people cared about the artists and really changing lives and then those people had that mindset imagine what this industry could be and we could eliminate some of these horror stories for sure i mean spank bubba you've seen the major label shit that was there and you know why i didn't want to take that fucking deal yeah is because it wasn't good for the people around me it was good for me it wasn't good for the people around me yeah. You know, and it's just like, bro, we could have all died yesterday, bro. You don't know, your time is limited. You could strike a $50 million deal and die the next day, bro. It's what you leave behind that does it. I look at it as I want the people that are in this company, I push them to have side companies on top of their own companies, right? Woo! Because, God forbid, say, FJ loses his voice and can't rap no more. Is this family good for the rest of his life? If that question is, if that answer is no, then I haven't done my job. Right. So they need right. other they gotta understand different businesses and safety nets inside of their crafts, you know. Um but I just I literally just want to see everybody succeed, other than the people I don't like, which I want them to burn and fucking shit. I, I mean, is this how is this on you though? Is this this sounds like a big burden, bro? Like it's are you 
That's a lot to take on. How how are you handling all of that? Well, I'm at the studio by nine a.m. Sometimes eight, sometimes ten, but say on average at nine o'clock, and I probably lay my head down at three thirty every day. Seven days a week. But I haven't had a day off in eighteen months. Damn. You know, but. It's part of it. Yeah. All right. I, I got to ask this because a few months ago, uh, we seen a teaser of Mako and Average Joe. And then I seen a couple of interviews. Um, what's the situation with Mako and Average Joe? Me and Shannon are very cool. Shannon owns Average Joe. We're very cool. Um, Mako is still Mako. Average Joe's is still Average Joe's. But it's just showing that two companies can work together that are open to working together. Like my infrastructure is open for him. His infrastructure is open for me. If I need something, you know, vice versa, he can send artists down. We'll work with them. It's that, but it's two separate businesses. People are like, it's a merger. It's not a merger like that. It's a merger on a, let's put our egos aside type of merger. We're all willing to work together. Let's not compete with each other. Let's how to, how do we expand this genre? And even when I did it, like it was an invitation to all other companies, labels, whatever. Let's all figure out how to work together, you know? But the problem with being Mr. Nice Guy on that is a lot of everybody's got a company now. Now everybody that's ever been anybody has got a record label and now they want to work together. And you got to be careful on who you work with too because a lot of people suck, bro. They don't know what they're doing. Right. I sucked five years ago. There's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, perfect your craft and come back. But that's what the average Joe thing is. Mako is still Mako. Average Joe is still average Joe's. This group like we did the i1 thing just to show a, a unity you know okay. a unity in the in the two um and shannon's a great guy shannon's built a fucking phenomenal company me and shannon talk almost every single day you know but it's not a merger like that if that explains it so is i1 uh some sort of tutelage or to help the the, the other folks that are out there to get their business together or Put together music projects like the coast. Well, I don't, I've the never way. heard the word tutelage in my life. <laughs> are you are you trying to help them through I one? Is that the goal? Um, not really. I think eventually there might be an artist that fits an I one brand, and me and Shannon might go, "Hey, man, let's do this one together." Okay, okay. You know, and we'll do that one together. We talked about it, and you know, there's certain ideas that we got there, but it's just Shannon can come down here, and he does whenever he wants to, and. I go up there. It's just, it's literally just saying, I'm here for you. You're here for me. Whatever we need to do, let's work. Has the other people in the industry seen that as a threat? Uh, I don't think they pay attention to shit they should be paying attention to. So they probably don't even know. They don't research what they're supposed to. Like when you're doing this, you have to know everything that's going on. Like fuck pretending to be too big to not know, oh, I didn't see that shit. You did. You did. And you seen this person talk shit and this person talk good. You've seen it. You, it's your job. You're supposed to study every moving element around you. If you don't, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So right. I think a lot of people have just been like, oh, but they, they don't know about it or something at all. But that's not, pretending you're dumb is not a smart move. Gotcha. All right, now, I know you heard the saying, heavy is the head, the way is the crown. So with certain levels of success comes certain levels of negativity there's going to always be people having narratives and feeling one way or feeling one way about the success of someone else. And I also see you make a post that says great minds don't think alike. They don't. From where I stand, you're the head with the crown right now. How are you handling the different elements that are coming at you different ways? I wouldn't say I got the crown. I mean, like fucking Jelly's over there fucking killing it. Struggle, struggle. I, I can name 50 people that are killing it. Church is doing good. Strokes doing good. There's a lot of people that are doing great. I wouldn't say it's wearing the crown. I would say I'm starting to be the closest one to realize how the label side of it works. That's well, that's not, not, that's what I mean when I say that. At this point, yes, Jelly is doing his thing. Everyone you mentioned is doing their thing. But you are and, working, and none of them other ones signing the level right. of talent that he is though. You you are creating a business model that if in five years your business model will be able to be studied in the genre to change lives. 
And with that comes a burden of being the head that's wearing the crown from the business side of things. Like, in my opinion, you are changing the culture of the genre from business. And no, he's changing the culture of music. Yeah. Fuck the genre. Like, this, this shit isn't being done in anywhere, any other genre. And I've studied other genres. Like, this is not being, not even close. This is the type of shit that when it is getting done, you end up missing because they don't want you to change the business structure because the people at top want to continue to rate the artist. So, but I, I mean, his, what he's doing is, is revolutionary. Is You gotta, you gotta applaud that. Like, and I know that that is heavy on you. I just hope that you're not like letting all of that fester in, just do whatever you do to release it. If you got to diss somebody, jump on a, on a record or two or, or five, like just, just don't, don't let it get to you. No, it doesn't, but because, bro, for, for every, it's not even heavy on me like that, man. Because you're seeing people around you happy, like that's, cool. that's that that's rewarding, and you get to see it every day, right? Right. Um, my bro, I got I got problems keeping attorneys because every time <laughs> I hire one, they're going, they're saying how you do it. Why don't you show right? Up? Exactly. What we're gonna do, you know, <laughs> to the point our contracts, the very first one we got was like that thick, and now it's like four pages. You've seen it. it's just like, damn, here, wow, fuck it, you know. But it's just like I don't understand. It's so easy to do the right thing, but, but I've done the wrong thing a lot of my life when it comes to music because I was in a desperate situation. I had to do shit that I didn't want to do because I fucking had to survive. A lot of these artists that do things that they're not supposed to do, but they're just trying to survive. It's a desperation thing, right? right. Um, but now being able to do the right thing and shit, Bubba, it's a great feeling. Like back when I was doing music, bro, we, this sounds so bad, but we were, uh, bro, we were selling merch. I'm like, fuck it, I sold twelve hundred dollars of merch. I didn't have the discipline. I was too ADD to even go. Okay, now I got to take the shirt and print out a thing on this website to ship it, I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had somebody that would have helped me. So it makes me look horrible because I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel like fucking sending it. No more. <laughs> you know? But it's, that's how it was. But now it's like, now you got a team in place that does merch. Like Sab does great on her merch. Like she took over the merch side of things. It's helping all the artists with merch and all. I'm not the guy for merch. What I am is the vision. Gotcha. You know, but... Are you a Do you A&R all the projects? Yeah. Hold on, let me rewind you on the merch. Because this is something that Spank wants. And I do not want this moment to go past. I was going to say, A&R, George does a lot of A&R now, right? But am I involved in every project? Yes. That's dope. I want to go back to merch. Spank wants a... Don't buy a shirt from me. Spank wants a hard target dick shirt. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, I, yeah. I did. I had to process that real quick. That's different. <laughs> That's different. He should put that, that on the website. That he could sell a lot of merch with that. Hard target no, dick. Right. Hard that target dick. I won't wear that. I don't, I don't I wear it. I would wear it every every episode of Country Rap Report. No, I oh. I don't have one. I'll send it to you. <laughs> it's the only send one. <laughs> only send one. I, I have when it comes to A&R, because you have assembled, like, I, I, I sent you something because I want to see Mako do, redo the symphony. Because I just watched the Karis one and the Big Daddy came versus, and I was just nostalgic. And I was like, man, it would be dope if Mako took the same beat and done their own version of the symphony. How, I see, I, I didn't listen to it. I got, I got listen. I've never heard it. You... You have never heard this symphony. Bravo Gator, you just upset. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you just you've been around longer, Bubba. Don't be calling me an old man like this. Totally offensive country comedy guy. Hey, remember the picture? Of the, you ever seen the picture of The Last Supper? Yes. Vic's back there like this. <laughs> <laughs> the boombox. But look. How how have you been able to assemble so much talent? Like before you came on, me and Spank was having a conversation. Like I don't know, I think that's the best person on Mako, or 
That's the best. Like, how have you been able to, bro? You just every time we're always saying it's make over the win. It's like you haven't took an L. How have you been able to put all this talent in one room and they still keep churning out good music? I think like when I was giving that candle analogy earlier, mm-hmm. I think my light is to be able to see is I'm able to see talent that people don't see. So 1% of the world might look at somebody and go, that dude's talented. You know, but a lot of times, even FJ, Savannah was singing way before I ever met her. Why didn't they notice that as talent? They didn't want to. They wanted the easy thing handed to them. Nobody wanted to build nothing. FJ. FJ put out a lot of albums before I ever got a hold of them. He was still a phenomenal artist. But what you realize is these people are talented, but everybody, including me when I was doing music, they're missing some element. That's why it's not working. When I'm able to see, when I was signing artists, I want to be able to see the talent to like the person more than anything. Why do I want to be in a three or four year deal with you if I don't like you? I, I, won't be able, I won't be able to make it three or four hours. But it's to be able to like you as a person, to be able to respect your talent, and to be able to understand what that element that you're missing is. So an artist can be extremely talented, right? And me not be able to figure out what that element missing is, and I won't sign the person. You know, but with these artists, I'm able to figure it out. With FJ, I've told him this all the time. It sounds shitty, but it's my opinion on it. He was, he had a great voice. He could write. He could do all these things. He just never, he couldn't consistently make great songs. He could do a good verse, say the right thing here, a good hook there. But as a whole, the two things that was missing with FJ was consistency and put these songs together you're writing the verse here and the hook there on this one put those together it was just literally like a chemist putting it together and then now you get the new fj you're going oh wow it was it's being able to do that now people look at it as like man they were sleeping on fj the whole time they were hard targets always been a fucking phenomenal artist it's adding the consistency on hard target stuff even just being an ear even being an ear like hey listen to the song what do you think here's my feedback on it Here's my feedback on this. Or Blind Fury, you're a phenomenal rapper. The smart thing for a, a business or a label to do was to sign that dude as a battle rapper. I see it differently, though. I see this little bitty fucking clip of you playing a piano and singing, and that's it. I see it. Got it. Now, when we put him out there and go, they hit the gold again. It's not bad. <laughs> it's being able to, well, the talent when these people are already there. The fans should have love these people before it's just something was missing where they weren't out in the mass it's, it's like i said the music business entertainment business the business side was missing on a lot of stuff but that and a lot of luck bro i got lucky and got you know not even the talent side of it i got good people that are at mako like the artists are actually good people you know but it was luck and vision i guess i don't know i'm What's not good at, like, i don't want to toot my own i don't know are you What's having the, fun? Huh? Are you having fun? Yes, 100%. I'm having, it's work, but at least I'm getting to do what I love to do. You know, is it grueling sometimes? Yes. Does FJ take that S550 Benz and run it through a four foot puddle of water and go, it's not working no more? <laughs> yeah, but, but so you have days like that, you know. Um, but all in all, I'm happy. It's, you're changing lives. It's, Everything that I wish I would have had when I was an artist, I know they're getting, and that makes me happy, if that makes any sense. What is your vision for uh, Jay Roosevelt? Because he's a phenomenal talent. No, he is. We haven't touched on him yet. Um, He's been down. We've we've got four or five reported on him. Um, Jay Roosevelt has – he can sing. He can rap. He's very versatile in different aspects, right? Right. With me – and with his stuff, it's trying to fine tune which one of his talents he's actually better at. Okay. You know, is it the singing? Is that, but it's going to be a mixture of all of it. I want the music to be different. I want the image. It's just a bunch of stuff, but it's, I mean, you see on the Shark Week thing, it's everybody was like, oh, well, who was that? Right. Like, we didn't know who he was. They're like, it's going to be this person or that person. Well, it's the person I thought was the best fit. If you're putting together a roster, you don't want, five girls that sound like savannah 
You want one person that sounds like Savannah, one person that sounds like FJ. Everybody brings in different elements of talent or whatever. I think y'all did a thing that was like, no limit. This is silk and there's C murder. That's absolutely what it is. Gotcha. Why would it not be? Can you name me a fucking label that did better? Right. They killed it. You literally bought No Limit albums because the motherfucker said No Limit on. I remember being pissed the fuck off because I bought Skull Duggery CD that sucked. <laughs> but it still went platinum. He had that you know, one song that well I'm from, well I'm from, well I'm from. That was it. True. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's where it ended. Yeah. I you think know, he, but he's working in Griffin somewhere. What? No, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> um, I forgot what we were even fucking talking about. <laughs> Skull Duggery. But. Um, Having fun, yes. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Having fun, yeah. Look, I have I have to ask this, and I'll fucking forget. So I watched the live that you've done, and um, and you gave a date. It was like 9-11, And you said like it was like a goddamn day of country rap atonement. It was basically like moving forward, it's the only positive energy. But you gave a date. And I need to know that date because I keep saying the wrong damn date every show. Yeah, you do 7, 21, 9, 7, 21, 11. 9, like, 11. You don't gave all the dates. Oh, I don't remember the fucking date. I remember what it was. Now that you put me on the spot on that fucking <laughs> date. Um, but th- even that was... Hold on, Gator. I got to ask this. Fuck it. Fuck it. What? Back in MySpace, you was destroying guys. Now, there was this guy that you ran off MySpace back in the day. John <laughs> something. What was his name? John Young. Yeah. Would you sign him today? No. We actually came down to Florida looking for him. Let me tell you that story. Um, <laughs> we came down with bad intentions. And we're going, hey, man. Anybody, we pulled up in Orlando, literally, bro. Because he, he did a diss song back. And we we're going to make an example out of him. Because back that that crew was a different crew than the, you know, whatever. But we're like, hey man, y'all know who John Young is? Where John Young's at? They're like, yeah, man. Go straight down the road. And it's two, you're, I'm going, 